everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast with myself, Kevin, your co-host today. I'm back with Diamond or Jason. Depends on how how you feel on that day. Jason, how are you, buddy? Everyone knows what the name is. And everyone knows your name is Bucky. We go over this every episode. I know. It's um, our shtick. I am doing well. And this is the Midnight Series Podcast. Woo! And, uh, oh boy, Jason, it's a party tonight, isn't it? Yeah, we got a full house, man. What's up? So, uh, we got a couple guests here with us tonight. It's myself and Jason, your, uh, your, uh, your dynamic duo as per usual, but uh, we've got uh, a returning guest and a new guest on the show this week. So first off, we'd like oh, to... Go ahead, buddy. Two seconds. Who's Batman and who's Robin? <laughs> well, I feel like you'll slit my throat if I say I'm Batman, so uh, I guess I'm Robin. Okay, all right, all right. Just <laughs> establishing the hierarchy. I, I am the boy wonder. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But uh, we'd like to uh, welcome back the returning Mr. J. Glad to be back, gentlemen. Yes, sir, man. It's been a, been a hot minute. I missed you, buddy. We haven't uh, we haven't seen you on the show since the Scream the Fan Favorite episode. How's everything been? And it's been too long. It's been a lot of uh, it's been a full plate season. Let's say keeping the plate spinning, and they are all full. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have missed you, gentlemen. We so missed much. you too, buddy. We missed you too. Any, it's good to have you back. Anytime we get you, you know it's a good day. Yeah, our OG, our OG guest, Mister J. He was our very first guest on the podcast. So uh, I have a plaque in my house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a shirt with that on it. OG Midnight Terrors guest. The first, the original. <laughs> figure out all the wrong stuff to do on him (laughs) (laughs) oh beautiful y'all are truly incredible it's an honor to be here brothers awesome and uh we'd like to welcome a new friend of the podcast i just uh started talking with this gentleman on instagram uh he is an established horror author killing it out there with social media and his writing we would like to welcome zc kroll uh, to the show, but you, we will uh, refer to him as Zach. So, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show. Awesome, man! I, I actually stumbled upon it because of Instagram. I got Instagram a month ago. I don't know what took me so long, but I, I finally got it, and yeah, I started listening. And yeah, great, great stuff, man! You, awesome, you guys man. are killing it. Thank you so much. We appreciate yeah. anybody uh, listening to the show and just hearing us be uh, goofballs every week. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, you have you have to be with some of these movies. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, namely Santa's sleigh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, no, man, we're uh, I'm happy to uh, have met you and to we've been talking since Monday, and um, you know, we immediately I knew I wanted to have you on the show, so I'm glad that uh, that you're here tonight, and um, you know, happy to call you a friend of the podcast now and a brand new guest. Man, this should have been like the Valentine's Day episode. I'm not feeling so much love here. <laughs> we got you, man. We got you. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, man. I appreciate it, and 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 same. Like, I'm really happy to be here. So, yeah, awesome. It's awesome. Well, we um we start uh the same way whenever we have a brand new guest on the show. Uh, we ask them. Uh, now, Jason has a very specific way in which this question is worded, so I will let him do it. But we always start with people's <laughs> intro to horror. Jason, ask the golden question. 
I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Zach a moment to show his fanhood and see what the question I'm gonna ask is. What is it, Zach? <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't know. I you don't terrible. know. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. No, no, no. Okay, okay. okay. Give me 15 minutes. Start picking on you. It'll happen. Um, <laughs> 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 um, no. Uh, so uh, our kind of main question is number one. Um, kind of how did you get into horror um, or maybe what was your first horror movie? And then as I like to ask, or as I like to put it, on top of that, which one really fucked you up? <laughs> okay, so I actually have heard these questions, so I apologize. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm a, a, a brain fart, yeah. Um, so what got me into horror actually was like being in video stores um I don't know, like, what kind of grocery stores you have, but back in the 90s, they used to have video stores in grocery stores. And I, I used to walk around in those, like, while my parents were grocery shopping, because I thought grocery shopping was boring. And I was always, like, attracted to, like, all the horror, like, the horror section, like, all the, the covers of the VHSs. Because they were so just wild looking, and there's creatures on them and stuff, and they're very colorful. Like, I, I feel like that era was very colorful. And so it started there. I, 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 and and my parents didn't care what I watched back then, so I rented like everything at way too young of an age, and so I just like fell in love with the stuff. But the movie that fucked me up the most um, was probably The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. I don't know if you guys. Ooh, have seen that. that's a good one. Yeah, I was way too young to see that. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he spits on the hand and and on the ankle, I mean that absolutely. You know, like, I gotta. Is there for a long time? Is there any appropriate age that someone can watch the fly? Because I don't think any age no. can prepare you for the just disgustingness and the body horror that comes with the fly. <laughs> so I started off with like you know as high as you can go probably with with that stuff. Oh yes. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's worked out by is is uh, the body morphing and the nastiness and the great uh, <laughs> the great practical effects, but probably what's worse is having to see Jeff Goldblum's O face. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And just that his hair, just just, just that hairy wound on his back when, when he's doing <laughs> Gina Davis. Just to touch all the weird hairs coming out of his back. Oh uh, yeah, and she like yeah. does she like pluck them out or is she just like touching on them? I can't. No, she remember. has to use like... scissors and she cuts them like they're like weird. <laughs> oh yeah, metal. that's right, right. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. Oh geez, yeah, that movie, that movie's something. And I, uh, so how, how old do you, how old do you think you were when you watched that? I was probably like six or seven. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh boy, yeah, I can see that doing yeah. a lot of yeah, uh, yeah. psychological damage. Yeah, but I turned out okay. You did turn out okay. Yeah, I mean, don't you don't know that you just met me, but no, I assure you, I'm okay. Hey, if you're if you're as okay as we are, I'm using air quotes for people. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're as okay as we are, then you're okay with us. Other people might have something to say about it, but you know, yeah. (laughs) If you've got bodies, just make sure you're hiding them well. Oh yes, that's that's all. You know, that's yeah. Uh, That's awesome, man. We uh... you got a favorite part of the fly, Mister Jig? So the fly is absolutely incredible. One of those few remakes that, um, or what if you want to call it a revisitation that is incredible. I actually watched the original one kind of in the middle of last year on a whim, the, 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 the black and white. Vincent Price. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was incredible. Nice. That was, I had really not seen it before. 
And so sometimes I, I, I save movies for special occasions, you know, like as you as you go through this and there are fewer and fewer of those staple movies, um, you start kind of saving them. And that was one of them I was kind of saving. And that was incredible. But the the Jeff Goldblum one was, I mean, it really touched on a lot of important things. Uh, important conversational topics it kind of talked about abortion it talked about yeah bodily autonomy um i mean just a lot of heavy topics and of course the practical effects are incredible the commentary is thick and really doesn't necessarily tell you how to feel about it it just it just kind of puts it out there which i personally like better than a director you know kind of trying to tell you how to think about something um i thought that was very that that movie holds up i mean that thing is still today just it's funny i watched it again not long ago and um i i find something new in it each time and like all this chat gpt stuff going on that's very much a movie about um a huge technological breakthrough that's maybe too much too fast and you're not really thinking about the ramifications of of your actions and yes one little screw up that happens in that pod like creates this you know, this horrific nightmare of a movie. And, you know, it, it almost seems like a cautionary tale for major technological advancements. And, you know. I would agree wholeheartedly. I think sometimes we have to, I mean, this is just me, but I think <laughs> we have to through. Progress is only progress if it actually serves us well. Yeah. If it doesn't serve us well, then is it really progress? And of course, I'm not the first to say that. I've heard other people kind of say things similar, but I do think that is important for all of us to think through, even even down to some of these things that we get ourselves into on our on our devices, certain apps, certain things that we're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. This is progress. This is, and then all of a sudden it's like, I haven't talked to my family in you know, 14 <laughs> yeah. hours. Progress. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know if I don't know if that's progress, man. That might be uh, <laughs> might not be so helpful. Yeah, it's it's like Thanksgiving dinner and everybody's staring down at their phones and yeah. Yep. And I also like that uh, Jeff Goldblum went on to uh, do that again in uh, less of a horror movie, but uh, he was the one uh, preaching that message with Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same thing, Bucky, <laughs> yeah. um, just talking about that, uh, his, you know, his line in, in Jurassic Park is you were more concerned of whether or not you could do it without thinking about whether you should do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are going to oh. have dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour. <laughs> there's there's going to be di- di- dinosaurs, right? On, on, the, on the dinosaur Dinosaurs? Ah ah ah! You didn't say the magic word. All right. <laughs> Sorry, we were we were just on uh, another podcast uh, from a friend of ours. Uh, guy's name is James. He runs an awesome show called "I Was a Teenage Film Snob," and uh, Jurassic Park was my oh, cool. number was my number one favorite movie of all time for the list that we did for him. And uh, awesome. yeah, so I I know that movie <laughs> pretty well. And uh, if the fo- I- I have a question. A lot of people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, you, buddy. You're cutting out a little bit there. Oh no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I, I see a lot on the internet some debate about. Do you think that movie is a horror movie or not a horror movie? Um, I, I classify yeah. it as a horror movie because it's it's kind of a cautionary tale, you know, about messing with science and 
like it is a creature feature. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know, so I, I I've always classified it as kind sure. of a horror movie. I would I would say yeah. that the older I get, I would consider it something of a. Uh, yeah, so you know, something of a horror movie, but just more accessible. Not fully labeled a horror movie, but horror elements in it. I mean, look no further than the uh, the raptors in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. that's a that's a straight horror scene right there. So uh, I don't know, Jay- uh, Jason, Mister J, what do you what do you guys think? Um, I mean, on Jurassic Park, I mean, I I would normally consider it kind of more of an more of an action movie, I guess. Um, but I do agree. I mean, there's definitely like, I think like you said, Kevin, like, like, yeah, some horror elements to it. Um, I don't, I don't think I would call it straight horror, but it definitely, um, has its moments. I mean, uh, you know, a guy getting bitten in half by a T-Rex is is not exactly, uh, (laughs) uh, just an action scene, you know? Um, While on the toilet. Yeah. While on the toilet. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, um, you, you can't find that in rom-coms, at least to my knowledge. Yeah, no rom-com I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you see a man on a toilet being eaten by a T-Rex? Not yet. I swear that <laughs> happened in um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Did it, did it not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I've got another movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think the argument can be made for both, but yeah, there's definitely elements of it, but it's definitely not, you know, speaking of Spielberg, I mean, it's, it's definitely not, you know, poltergeist. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely got its elements in there, but it's, it's so funny too, because at the same time, like as scary as moments of it can be like kids love it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, oh, yeah. I watched you it. loved it. You loved it as a kid. I did. I my watched kids it. Have watched. Go ahead, buddy. My kids have watched all of them. My kids have watched all of them, and and you know loved all of them. Um, Hell yeah! And uh, the last one, uh, Dominion, which I didn't think was the, the greatest outing, but um, <laughs> understatement. <laughs> yeah, wasn't the greatest outing, but I mean, it's a, it's a three hour and something movie, and they were <laughs> Ooh, pretty. They were pretty dang captivated. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, there's very few movies that where they're well, where they'll actually like sit still, just kind of like mesmerized and and not ask me 15 questions, you know, throughout <laughs> the first 30 minutes or whatever. Um, well, say uh, what you know, because say what you will about the movie, but the dinosaurs still look cool. I yeah, agree. They still look, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, that's really what you like, want. Yeah, basically. They still look better than half of the CGI that's out right now. So, mm-hmm. well, before we uh, before we jump on into uh, the movie pick for this week, uh, Mister J, it's been you know like we said a hot minute since we've uh, we've talked to you. I want to throw a question uh, your way as well. Um, what you what you've been watching lately? What what horror movies have uh, have graced your eyeballs as of as of late? Ooh. So I did, of course, have to do a quick rewatch of today's movie. Of course. Um, nice. We watched Skin of a Rink last night. Yeah. Did. Um, we watched the new Megan. Oh, nice. Yep. What'd you think? I actually just. Yeah, that was like a fun popcorn horror kind of. <laughs> like it didn't take itself too seriously, but it was it was pretty well done. 
Um, yeah. Um, what else? I feel like I saw some good ones that I cannot remember in this moment. I kind of went back over some old ones. Of course, Valentine's Day was here, so I had to watch My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Because them's the rules. <laughs> Same um, here. Tourist Trap. Watch Ooh. that again. Um, yeah, we've we've been watching a bunch of them. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. It's 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 a lot these days. No wonder you're so good on the microphone when you come on the on the podcast. You just uh you live and breathe horror, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <many> other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it is uh so great to have you back on, Mr. J and uh Zach. A huge honor to have you on here. And, uh, you know, if we're talking about the lessons that movies can teach us and, you know, talk, we're talking about technological advancements that uh, we need to be careful of, I think the lesson of this week's movie is uh, don't summon a demon to get vengeance on people. Uh, you guys listening, you all listening can tell by the title. Uh, our movie pick this week is Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Yeah. And, Great uh, movie. Oh, fantastic movie! And uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna touch on some pretty cool practical effects here this evening. I think. I um, so I kind of want to real quick before we like dive into detailed discussion of the movie. What real quick? What is for everyone on the show? What was everyone's background with this movie? Had we all seen it before? Did you grow up on it? Was it a a later find? What's uh What's going on, uh, Zach? Let's start with you, buddy. Yeah. Uh... Well, first of all, when you said the lesson, I thought you were going to say, if you're riding a dirt bike, just make sure you don't hit a kid. <laughs> that, that too. There's a lot okay. of <laughs> So my relationship with this, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, so my relationship with this movie is, uh, I saw it on VHS when I was little. Um, it had a huge impact. I mean, I thought it was awesome. Um, and that I didn't watch it for like a really long time until maybe college. Uh you know, and I, I remembered it, you know, just like when I watched it when I was little. Um, and I've seen it a couple more times since then. Uh, it is one of my favorite, like, 80s horror movies, but it's not one that I watch regularly, like, you know, like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. But I do think it's, like, one of those best, like, top 80s movies, for sure. Absolutely. Mr. J, yeah. what you what you got? So I did not see it in 1988 when it first dropped, but um, I came to it a little bit later than that. Um, but completely blown away by, for me, the, the themes of forgiveness of, um, even in the end, a sacrificial love. Um, I, I mean, Stan Winston, it's the only full length feature he ever directed. Right. And so of course the makeup is just beyond incredible it all holds up it's not cheesy there are still things i see that i'm like how did they do that this thing is like 12 foot tall you know and it doesn't i don't see any wires and it's walking and uh, and i like that it didn't come off like a special effects reel which i think you know yeah. I'm not, not to insult stan winston but i think it could be a temptation for a makeup artist just to be like, man, this is like nonstop, like <laughs> practical effects. The The story takes a backseat to the effects. And this thing, the story is thick. The 
acting is great. The it's compelling. It, the characters are relatable, even in this place where you're like, I'm not, I'm not from like these Appalachian hill type situation. I mean, you know, but you're still just feeling this plight. And um, yeah, yeah, I could go on way too far. So. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Uh Jason, what about you, man? What was what was your history with uh with Pumpkinhead? Um I was actually very late to Pumpkinhead. Um so I was born in 84, it came out in 88, so I was only 4 years old when it came out. Um and like we've talked about on the podcast before, like you know, I didn't start watching horror movies until I was like 13 or 14. Um and this is one that I I definitely remember like seeing uh kind of like zach was talking about like seeing the cover like you mm -hmm. know going through the video store um for any of our younger listeners a video store is where you <laughs> go in that had dvds and you could look at dvds and pay to take them home and bring them back anyways well um, well at one point it wasn't dvds it was still vhs tapes my friend <laughs> I, I was yeah. mentioning, like, does does anyone remember like uh, video stores inside grocery stores, or am I like yes. completely dating myself right now? Oh <laughs> no, no, we remember. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't remember there being one in a grocery store. I remember that, like, you know, here in kind of like the Charleston area, like, I, I remember we had like, uh, it wasn't always Blockbuster. We had like these, like, um, like little mom and pop kind of places, like, uh, you know, just random different names, you know. Um, but it got to a point where people were checking out stuff so much that if you went to the mom and pops, if two people have gone after the same movie, you're out of luck. Um, <laughs> so you had to start okay, going to Blockbuster. <laughs> so you had to start going to Blockbuster because they had 90 copies of it versus two. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember one being in a grocery store. I think there was always like, um, there was a Hollywood video. And yeah. then I think the, yep. the other the other one was called like national video or something like that. Yeah. And I remember like there was always one like in the strip with the grocery store, but not actually inside. But mm. uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So I, I, I remember always seeing the cover for it. So I actually knew what the creature looked like before actually seeing the movie. Um, and I, I think I watched this one when I was like maybe, uh, 14 or 15. Um, and I, I remembered liking it, but having gone back and watched it, um, you know, more recently as I've gotten older, all of the kind of subtones and kind of like subplots and, and, um, things like that stuck out for me way more. And I appreciated it a lot more than when I was younger. So Sure. It's, it is a great movie, and of course, you know the practicals. We could talk about all day long, but yeah, I mean, I liked it when I first saw it, but I was young, didn't catch all of the you know great undertones. But now I got it, so um, I, I like the movie. I think it's great. Cool, man. Yeah, and uh, I cool. just got into Pumpkinhead five years ago, like almost on the dot. Um, you know, growing up when I got into horror and we touched on this, uh, on our very first episode, I'm a horror fan for the longest time as a horror fan. I was a product of the two thousands horror. Cause that's just what I found first. Um, say for a few, you know, exceptions with like <laughs> movies from the nineties, like scream. Um, but I got into horror in the two thousands. My intro to horror was it 1990. 
And then from there, I was like, oh, what's coming out right now? I didn't necessarily go backwards to find stuff, except for like the big ones like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Halloween and things like that. And then uh, my favorite podcast of all time called Horror Movie Night, their whole shtick is doing like movies of, of this feel and this production value. And so when I started listening to them, I didn't know the movies, but I'd be like, you know, their conversations are kind of selling me on the movies. And Pumpkinhead was an early episode that they did. And I'm like, this movie sounds awesome. It's Stan Winston, you know, the practical effects extraordinaire. And, uh, you know, the creature sounds awesome. This movie just sounds like fun. So I bought the Blu-ray and and watched it just so I could know what they were talking about and just instantly became a fan. First off, I'm a huge uh, Lance Henriksen fan. I think the guy's a great actor. Um, Mm. Just just met him at Mad Monster last weekend and super, super nice guy. And again, just a phenomenal actor. Always loved him in Aliens. And, uh, you know, put him in here, like Mr. J was saying, with the caliber of the acting that we have, the themes. Like, this movie has way more heart than I feel like it probably has any right to have. Yeah, totally. You know, like... You look at, oh, Pumpkinhead, it's probably just some goofy 80s, um, you know, monster movie. And uh, what's funny is when Mr. J was talking about it, there being the danger of being a practical effects, just fiasco. uh, There is a movie that comes to mind that I don't know if anyone here on the call has seen it, but it's one of my favorites that I also found recently. Has anyone heard of the movie Spookies? Oh, yes. I've I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Oh man. Fantastic in all the wrong ways. Isn't it? It (laughs) Oh, Spookies is the best version of let's just throw a bunch of practical effects at the screen and just put put it into a movie. (laughs) And uh, like a birdemic or something like that. Yep. The premise (laughs) oh Mr. J, I I found a Blu-ray copy of it finally because Vinegar Syndrome put it out a few years ago, and I was like, I gotta purchase this. This movie's insane. Um, And uh, so that's a great example of that. But, uh, you know, Pumpkinhead, again, a lot of heart to it. It's a quick watch. It's just a lot of fun. Great creature effects, which we're going to get into. Um, You know, great great acting, great story. Like, you know, like everybody said, the there is a story here. It's not just let's let's have a bunch of crazy deaths. And I think that movie, I think this movie sets itself apart from all of the other types of horror movies that were coming out at the time. So, uh, you know, again, one of my favorites. Um, so I'm I'm glad we're all here to to talk about it. So let's uh, let's dive on in to the movie. So for anybody that hasn't seen Pumpkinhead, essentially the premise is uh, the movie stars Lance Henriksen as Ed Harley. Who, Ed Holly, uh, Ed Holly, yeah. <laughs> um, that's one one thing that uh, Zach brought up uh, the other day when we were messaging was that the this movie has a really fun Southern Gothic horror feel to it, yes. and uh, yeah. this movie executes that really well. So it's about Ed Holly, who uh, that's how I'm going to say his name for the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, it's about Ed Holly, who uh, is uh, you know he runs a, a local grocery store in this. Uh, do they ever say where they are, where they're based out of? Good question. It's basically I don't think so. Basically just like a backcountry road somewhere. And yeah, uh, it feels like somewhere in Appalachia. Yeah, you know? pretty much. So uh they run a small grocery store, Lance Henriksen is and his son, and uh they just kind of keep to themselves and 
some city folk come in. There's these uh, these teens who uh, want to ride their dirt bikes and drink beer and just be obnoxious. And uh, they uh, unintentionally kill Lance Henriksen's kid, Ed Holly's kid, because they hit him with a dirt bike. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Ed Holly wants to get vengeance on them, so he goes to see a witch named Haggis. Who uh, can help him summon the demon Pumpkinhead to exact vengeance on these people? And that's our movie. And uh, yeah, yeah. So let's get into the specifics. So uh, my first uh, thing that jumped out at me when I rewatched this yesterday is I am in love with this opening scene of oh, yeah. Pumpkinhead. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I, I I'm a nerd for cinematography and like the colors, like, like, like the contrasting, you know, kind of purples and, and oranges. And it's got like that very, uh, just colorful eighties look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think we, we have that much. I, I don't know why I'm a big sucker for color, but I feel like we don't have that much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything has a specific style to it and you know, it's, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing I miss from older horror movies, and you guys can, you know, chime in, is I kind of miss when we had these fun opening credits to movies, and Pumpkinhead has some great ones with the flames going on, the score is very ominous, and uh, it just sets the feel for it that like, oh, this movie's actually going to be a little bit darker and more, uh, more intense than the other 80s monster movies. Yeah, I feel like it set itself apart because while it was 1988, I feel like they did avoid a lot of that over, let's say, excess, that cartoony neons and bright, like punk rocky kind of like all that stuff. And so in a way, it almost feels, I don't want to say timeless, but like, like, like Zach said, it does still feel 80s, but somehow it avoids the cheese yeah it can often be associated with the 80s even even in great ways even in fun ways mm-hmm. um, this feels like it belongs more in the like aliens universe to me oh yes in which of course makes sense because stan winston also did the makeup for aliens and all that stuff so it makes sense but um but yeah the opening the the amount of heart that it had um because Ed Harley never comes off as one note to me. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to get those people who killed my kid. Like, he's still, <laughs> he seems grieved. He seems angry. He seems hurt. He seems like heart sick. He seems, it's not just one note. It's not just vengeance. You know, it's, <laughs> it's layered. You know, it's very layered. And I thought, uh, yeah. I agree. I thought the opening scene was incredible. I thought they established the relationship with him and his kids so quickly. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the the way that that they play it, the, the relationship you know between them and him as a father, like he's such a good dad. You know, he he, he like yes. disciplines this kid, but at the same time, you know, he, he you can tell he's a good hearted man. Yes, and, and they do and, it fast. Yeah, yeah, it happens so like quickly. That minutes, you know, yeah. That's the other thing in general I was going to mention is that this whole movie without the credits is like 80 minutes mm-hmm. and, and somehow it, it, it is able to tell such an epic like emotional story. Yes. And it, and it <laughs> also <crazy>. has <laughs> some of my favorite filmmaking in a horror movie ever because before we meet adult Ed Halle, we uh, we see 
this absolutely like bone chilling scene where we are told right out of the gate Pumpkinhead is a is something to be feared, not something mm-hmm. to laugh at, something to be scared by because we see this uh this older gentleman trying to find sanctuary in Ed Holly's house with his family when he's a little boy. And uh, the family says, no, you get away from our family. We can't help you. And like you hear Pumpkinhead chasing him. And uh, I mean, uh, I I love the, the hissing sound that comes with Pumpkinhead too and how there's like a storm that rolls in whenever he comes into frame. Yeah, I was going to mention the hissing sound. <laughs> this is such a weird uh, reference, but the sound of the alien in uh, Independence Day when it's in Area 51 <laughs> inside the lab yeah. when it finally stands yeah. up. <laughs> it sounds exactly the same to me. It does sound exactly the same. And remind but I me- love it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And remind me, Jason, are you pro uh, or against Independence Day? Am I pro or against Independence Day? Yeah, are you a fan of Independence Day? I can never remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The first one. <laughs> you mean holiday, not the not the movie. Uh, uh, okay, Are you a uh, fan no. of the Fourth of July? Yes. <laughs> no, I actually, yeah, I'm I am pro Independence Day. Um, yes, it's it's got that um, you know, cheese action movie factor to it. Um, but I, that's when I remembered because there was heavy heavy marketing before it came out. Um. And, you know, like on the posters, it, it didn't even say Independence Day. It was like ID4 was like a little hook line, ID4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I actually had um, a couple of the posters um, up in my room. Um, there was the kind of iconic, uh, like, little scene or whatever of the, the beam coming down and blowing the White House up. Um Yes. And and mm. that's the poster that I had was like a White House mid explosion with the beam coming down on it that I mm-hmm. used for. Um and that was along with all of my Batman Forever posters. So um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I liked Independence Day. Cool, cool. Um yeah. It's another another Jeff Goldblum movie where he's trying to warn people of, of what's coming and Yeah, why are why are we hitting why are we hitting I think we picked the wrong movie for tonight's discussion. We needed to do every Jeff Goldblum movie ever. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We're just going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about his cameos in Will and Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we're in Independence Day mode, and my mind just goes to one of the best characters the, oh, David, David, I got to call my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) oh so good but um no i was i was gonna say too that uh going back to uh pumpkin head we will we'll have to do the fly at some point and have you back on uh zach i think that'll be a fun uh discussion we'll get this same group of four back we'll talk about the fly we can do a deep dive on jeff goldblum or just Jeff Goldblum appreciation hour or something. Oh yes, there we go. There There's we go. not enough hours in not enough hours in the world <laughs> yeah. to appreciate that man. Okay. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, could talk, I could talk about him in the Life Aquatic for hours on end. Uh, <laughs> well, didn't uh, didn't didn't Disney make a whole like show based around Jeff Goldblum or something? Like, yeah, I think it's the, yeah, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. But uh, anyway, but yeah, we so, uh, uh, go ahead, buddy. Well, I'm allowed to talk about the beginning, right? Of course you are. 
Sorry, we gotta Jason, sorry, before before we keep going, if you hear us chuckling every now and again when uh, Mr. J chimes in, it's because he's recording in his studio tonight. And uh, this is the first time we've spoken to him on the show, like not on our phones. And uh, his voice is so like clear and uh, coming through just with this power behind it that every yeah, it's time very, it, it's very intimidating and just yeah. very thunderous. That's what it really sounds like. <laughs> I wanted to start. I wanted to start doing Al Green covers of the shows. <laughs> it's sound like that. Oh, so good. Anyway, continue, Jason. Sounds like we need a new theme for the show. Right. I know. We need some Al Green covers. Mm. Mr. J. Mr. J. Does Al Green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's your next album, Mr. J. Um, <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Uh, um, no, so, uh, no, I, uh, the beginning of Pumpkinhead's really good. Uh, like, uh, like you guys kind of touched on, um, there's different, definitely a, a difference in the lighting because, um, you know, especially kind of at the time where kind of like, it was definitely like a mid 80s thing mm-hmm. with the lighting, like you said, to have all these like kind of like psychedelic colors and everything in it. And it definitely tries to avoid that. Um, you can, because you can watch, you know, Bucky's, one of Bucky's favorites is uh, Texas Chainsaw too. I mean, that thing has the oh, weirdest yes. lighting oh, ever. Yeah. And then, um, unfortunately, I had to suffer through Killer Clowns from Outer Space again <laughs> the other day for an episode that we did. Um, so, which, uh, some killer 80s uh, metal in there um, and 80 synth in there. But, um, no, but there's all these examples, especially of these cheesy, like, 80s horror movies where they have all that psychedelic lighting. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely established very early that it's not that. Yeah. Um, it's very dark and like you touched on a, kind of like that storm rolling in it's like every time yeah like you're seeing the creature or that pumpkin heads coming around uh you know you are getting that like storm behind him and the lightning strikes and the cool thing with that too is you know there's moments where you know it's it's dark and you can kind of see pumpkin head and then you get those lightning strikes and it's mm-hmm. like yeah. well, it's it's got cool. like a silhouette like, yeah like it's it's cool taking him back and forth where it's it's just like you can kind of see him or he's kind of bailed or whatever and then the lightning strikes and like you get the yep. full view view of him and you're not disappointed when you get the full view like when you see him clearly it's it's awesome and i think it you know brings a lot to it also i think it's very strange though at the beginning because yeah, he does take uh, his son to to the witch. Yeah, but he takes him there initially because he's he's thinking or wanting her to heal him or either bring him back to life. I he I think he knows he's dead at that point. Yeah, and he wants her to bring him back to life. And then when she says, you know, he's kind of beyond my help, or I can't do that. Then that's where she goes, uh, well, there's this other option, but I don't know if you're going to like it. Or it comes with a, it comes with grave danger or something like that. Yeah, that's, like, that's yeah, something like that. And that's one thing I actually never noticed on my initial watch of Pumpkinhead was that 
he has, you know, this is going back to what Mr. J was saying that uh, Ed Holly is never, never one note. And he actually has quite the character arc in here. You know, he uh, he's trying to only look for his son, like care for his son before turning down the path of vengeance when he realizes that his son is uh, is gone. And then, you know, by the end, he's regretful of his actions and bringing Pumpkinhead in to to kill these 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 city folk. And, uh, you know, and then he ends up sacrificing himself to uh, to stop it. And, uh, you know, that's well, I think. I think it drives home, like, you know, like, he didn't call 911. Mm-hmm. He didn't call the police. You know, because I, I, I think even one of the other characters says, like, dude, you're fine. Like, he didn't call the police. Like, the police aren't looking for you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, so it's a very kind of, like, Appalachian, like, backwoods kind of thing that's, like, subtly, subtly, you know, driven home that, like, he's going to handle this on his own. Yeah. He, he's not worried about law justice. Yeah. Like, and, and, and he doesn't justice. originally. Yeah. And again, he, he doesn't really go seeking the vengeance, which I think is one of the, you know, main themes of Pumpkinhead, not necessarily the movie, but Pumpkinhead is supposed to come back and get vengeance for people. Mm-hmm. And so he just that Appalachian kind of like backwood thing where his first thought is not to call the police, not to call 911. He's taking it to a witch. Like, that's kind of interesting to me. And I think that kind of drives a lot of the movie, too. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Jason, one thing that uh, that I want to point out real quick before we dive into sort of where, you know, we get to the point where Ed, Ed Holly's kid is dead um, when you were talking about the opening and the filmmaking being so distinct from the rest of the movies that were coming out at the time, I think this shot, it was like on the back of the covers for Pumpkinhead, probably in the in the VHS store and everything. That shot, mm-hmm. that long shot of Pumpkinhead holding up his first victim at the beginning when Ed is a little boy, and you see yeah, him in, yeah, the, yeah. in the shadows and the storm, and he's only barely lit up holding up this guy and you hear the screaming legitimately like one of the best like shots of cinematography I've ever seen in my life yeah and I'm not gonna go hard into it because if I did um we'd be here all night um (laughs) but there are definitely um some alien uh comparisons obviously we know why oh Oh, yeah Um, With with the lighting and stuff yeah yep yeah, uh, even down to the lighting, um, creature effects, you know, everything. We'll, we'll touch on those. That I won't ramble about that all night because <laughs> I could. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so kind of when, when when we get there, I'll, I'll throw in my two cents. But um, speaking of, you know, because I was talking about the lightning strikes and everything, like kind of in the dark. I mean, there's a ton of that um, in Aliens with an S. Yes. Um, where, especially when, especially when the, you know, the queen comes out, there's, mm-hmm. there's a ton of that. There's like this electrical storm going in the atmosphere or a storm. And there's a ton of that, like lightning effects, you know, lighting up the creature and stuff. But Yeah. And on the, on the planet, when, uh, when Newt sees, uh, her, like her family member or their friend or something, get the face hugger on her or on them. Yeah. 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 
yeah, definitely, definitely some alien tones in here, which which is cool. It does it in like not in a rip off way, but there's definitely some aliens isms in there. I just made up a word. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we get. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I feel like it. I don't like you said. I don't feel like it's in a rip off manner, mm-hmm. but there's definitely like the influence. Like you can see you know like the influence there we get to we get to the point in the uh in the movie where his uh ed holly's kid is killed um the death you definitely tell where either they're trying to step away from a from a child being killed or just not having the budget because the the cut i do have some grabs with pumpkin head it is you know it's a product of its time the way it's cut when the kid gets hit by the by the bike so to speak it's kind of an awkward cut. It almost looks like the bike hits him from the side. Yeah. And like you're like, did he get hit or not? And then uh the kid's alive for a very long time before uh before he actually succumbs to his wounds. And uh I actually wasn't sure on my first watching. I'm like, did he die or is he just really yep. hurt? <laughs> so, they make it kind of unclear like what exactly happened to him. Because yeah. he's just kind of laying still outside and then um yeah, like his reaction seems kind of weird too. Like you never have like that screaming moment of, of a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it um, is very bizarre that uh, his Lance Henriksen's reaction um, is kind of calm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny what you guys are saying because I remember my first watch feeling the same way. Like, did he get? Is he hurt? Like, I was I was not clear until later in the movie. Like, oh, he died. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was pretty unclear. For well. sure. Yeah, I was I was I was thinking because um the way that I took it like because <laughs> um in the beginning that that relationship that they that they build between you know the father and the son like it's it's almost like it's almost disgustingly cute. <laughs> like, I hate <laughs> to say it that way. But I know exactly what like, you mean. Yep. But it's like it's it's like so rainbows and butterflies, like you know, like right <laughs> off the rip that it's that it's almost like it's 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 almost unbelievable. Um, but then once <laughs> once he gets once he gets hit, and and again, like I said, I, I don't think that he realized he was dead or when he gets to the witch if he's dead or not. But I think he realizes by the time he's at the witch that he's dead. But I, I think that they tried to make that a little am, ambiguous just to draw out. Yeah. Like the fact like to draw out the kid's suffering. Like, yeah, he's not dead, but like, he's like suffering, like, you know, taking a longer time to like draw that out for Fred. Well, um, in, in rewatching it yesterday, I actually, now it's still not the best execution of it, um, but I did catch where I guess the death is supposed to happen, and it's after Ed. Like, there's one of the because the the group of city folk they split after the kid gets hit because the one <laughs> the one awful character that I'm sure we all couldn't wait to see him get mauled by Pumpkinhead was uh, yeah he uh, he's like I got a DUI and I, I if they see me they're gonna put me in jail I'm gonna fry. I'm like, dude, you just you just hit a kid with your like motorcycle. Um, so so they all split just to try to save the one guy from going to jail. And uh, you know, Ed comes to get his kid, and there is one scene that I love because um, 
the one member of the young teens group stays behind with the kid, uh, Billy, to uh, to wait for Ed to come back to get him. And then they start to walk. Ed picks up his kid, takes him back to the store to try to nurse him back to health. And the one guy's like, it was an accident, man. Can we can we help? And there's this one quick cut where Lance Hendrickson turns around with such malice in his eyes. Oh, yeah. Towards yeah. towards this teen and like there's a, a music sting that hits as soon as he does it and you're like, oh, the there's no forgiveness in his heart right now. Um, which, you know, understandably so at that moment. Um, but they do they do go on later when he's trying to nurse Billy back to health. They're sitting in their in their store or whatever, in their house, and he's like trying to tell his kid a story because his kid always likes stories. And the kids and Billy says, Daddy? And he goes, Yeah. And then the kid like seems to die in that moment when they're sitting at the window. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. So how do we go ahead? Oh, you sure? Yeah, I, mean, I don't mind either way. Yeah, no, um, I was gonna say the whole situation that happens leading up to him getting hit is kind of frustrating, even though I love the movie like dearly. Mm-hmm. Because he leaves his kid at the store to go get yeah, for the the one customer, you, you know the the patriarch of that family, and so like he's partly to blame because how old is this kid? Like six, if that man. He's yeah, <laughs> he's super super young. So so, you know that's part of like the accident happening, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like the the other thing is like he can't just leave the store un- he he can't just leave the store unattended because those kids are are dicking around outside in their city folk and he doesn't know them and he doesn't trust them and mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a it's a good like predicament oh yeah for sure <laughs> terrible yeah. parenting but yeah <laughs> yeah it's very frustrating mm-hmm. he just leaves them <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say uh, Mr J I'm just saying he's there tending the store like he's supposed to which yeah needs to be in some some fancy room for Book learning. Yep. <laughs> we don't take kindly to your kind around here. And if he doesn't do um, it, he's gonna have to wash them breakfast dishes later. Wash them. <laughs> wash them. Gotta wash them. I also. <laughs> That's right. The only thing missing from uh, from that scene at the store was uh, you don't sit next to Dennis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, no i uh i think that it's funny though um the other thing that strikes me that's very 80s and actually i mean maybe it started in the 80s but like with a ton of horror movies like why is there always like the group of kids and then there's the one asshole but it's like why are you guys hanging out with this guy because everybody like Everybody in the group's like, man, he's an asshole. He's being an asshole. Like, what? You know, why is Doug being a dick? Like, it's like, <laughs> why are you hanging out with him? Like, yeah. This is so funny. I was thinking about this today. Um, I don't mean to keep interrupting. No, you're good, man. You're good. Oh, no, um, you're fine. There's like a version of this movie that could have been made that feels like it would have been an 80s teen slasher. Oh, for sure. Because the cast is, you have all those archetypes, and and you had just mentioned like the one asshole character, but then it's also like the kids doing it, like you know, committing some kind of a crime by accident, kind of like I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
totally. so, the, so, so the whole movie could be from their perspective, but instead this movie is kind of like more from the dad's perspective who, who gets revenge by creating this slasher kind of icon named right. Kinhead. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Like it, it could have been a, a completely different movie if they wanted it to be. Yeah. We could have had Friday the 13th part uh, 25 at that point. <laughs> I do agree with Diamond though. Like realistically, I don't even like hanging out in my free time. That kind of dynamic, but to yeah, yeah. Trip together, no, well, like I don't want it. I no, I don't want it. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy takes it to uh, to an extreme. I think his name is uh, Joel. Is that the character's name? That's that got the DUI, something like that. I think his name is Dad. Okay, <laughs> I, I I always call him Doug. Doug, that one guy. So we all have three different names for him. Great. <laughs> no, I think his name. I think his name is Dan. But every time I see like that character in the movie, I don't know why. But sure, I'm like, sure. Duh. Okay. Damn it, Doug. <laughs> he wasn't around long enough for me to get to know him very well. <laughs> well, this takes it to a whole new extreme with the way he acts towards his friends because they try to leave the house, not even to go rat on him. They try to leave the house just to go like check on. Ed and his kid, and like he whacks him in the back of the head with a fireplace log. Be like, nobody's leaving. You're getting locked in the closet. No one's ratting me out. And you're yep. like, you're like, you're a sociopath, dude. <laughs> like, needless yeah. to needless to say, I'm not hanging out with you on a on any occasion. Yeah, I can only <laughs> imagine. Like, I'm not a macho person. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the most non-confrontational person. I, I was like... already in that situation, and someone tried to pull that. I feel like I would like black out, and then I'd wake <laughs> like everything would be okay all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would be like, "Can someone get back on the dirt bike and hit me next?" Because yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would become vengeance, Mister J. <laughs> I just, ooh. yeah, he was. He was definitely eroding my sanity. He was. When I was watching it again, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like that guy at all. No, it's it's more frustrating too because there's like five other people in the group that just let this guy get away with it. They're like the one this one oh. this one mean character is like, We're hiding out here, I'm not going to jail for hitting that kid. They'll fry me, we're staying right here. And he's like keeping his friends prisoner, and there's like five of them there that could overpower him, but you know. Yeah, because I, I I was saying like why not just yeah just say fuck them and go and <laughs> just leave them behind. Yeah, you know. But you know what? We need uh, we need this setup. We need them all in this cabin so that right. we can get to the reveal of Pumpkinhead, and we get right. to Peer pressure, peer pressure, <laughs> <laughs> and we get to another great scene of practical effects. We meet the witch Haggis when we uh, when uh, Ed Holly brings his uh, his son's body there to try to get him brought back to life and she's like there is another option i can't do anything for him but there is another option if you're willing to pay the ultimate price and again the witch looks great here she is so so if i saw this at a young age she would have uh creeped me out so fun fact she's been dead for a while oh i'm sure yeah (laughs) so fun fact does anyone know what a what a haggis is yeah, <laughs> like a type of meat or something. Yeah, so basically a haggis is it's uh 
it's basically a a stomach of a pig that is filled with basically all of the bit parts of a pig (laughs) that no one would eat so it's like the nose and like the ears and and they do mix like some spices in with it but it's basically all these unsavory parts of a pig that you wouldn't normally eat and it's all ground up and then stuffed in a stomach like a sausage and then like wrapped up and then yeah hey uh leave it to hey jason you remember how uh when we were doing the the clown crossover episode last week with marcus and luke from reviewed to death and uh you gave me that look like, why the hell do you know all these things about clowns when they put us through their quiz? Yeah. <laughs> Limit, why do you know what a haggis is? Um, <laughs> it, it, sounded, um, it sounded delicious. I wanted him to keep going. <laughs> the kind of thing that you name your kid if you want them to become a witch. And, <laughs> and that's exactly my point. They're like, let's... It's let's nasty, meat-filled stomach that's all these gross bits and pieces put together um and that's that's the name of the witch is mm-hmm. the haggis well literally um, like they're but, like let's um, give her a name that sounds like someone is trying to hack up something gross haggis yeah <laughs> um and the only the only reason i know this bit of information is um because of uh how i married an axe murderer Oh, okay. I was gonna say i was gonna uh, say that's a scottish cuisine because i remember that from so i married an axe murderer <laughs> Yep, uh, uh, Mike Myers' uh, dad loves haggis. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I had to look into, that. I had to look into what a haggis was, and that's, that's how I know that. But no, I thought I thought it was funny um, after knowing that bit of information. Like I kind of laughed when they said her name was Haggis. I was like, I was like, hmm, that's fitting for this old gross chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Mr. J- anyway. so Mr. J, Haggis scared you for a while, is what you said? So, I absolutely love the cin- I'm a sucker for good cinematography, too, like Zach said. Yes. Yeah. I loved the scene where it kind of comes after meeting the witch, and Ed's kind of in this pumpkin patch, kind of graveyardy, kind of... Hell yeah. Yes. And he climbs up on, we don't even know what, it's it's almost like someone left this exaggerated well. (laughs) And there's something on the very top of it. And, you know, because you're sitting there like, that's not quite a hill, but Mm -hmm. what is that? What in the world? It's like a, like a turret from a castle or something that's just right there. Um, And when he's on that, oh, I love it. And then when she's on it at the end, Mm -hmm. also fantastic but i i just i like that she absolutely to me at least when i first saw it she kind of reminded me of like if someone was dead and then just got brought back to life periodically to do this Mm -hmm. she didn't look like i mean you're just sitting there like i mean can someone look like that still be alive (laughs) yeah holy she is rough you know but again great acting great cinematography great makeup great dialogue great lighting um it i just i love the blues in that again pumpkin patch graveyard whatever i love the fog moving around i love 
It's just beautiful, 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 beautiful. It feels like such a big like studio production, like, yep. like the kind we don't see anymore. Because like now that would be probably like a like a green screen studio. Oh, absolutely, the you know, move in some impossible way, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was at that yeah. moment with the Pumpkin Patch Graveyard, which is uh, going to be my new band name. Um, we <laughs> we <laughs> <Should've> called it. <laughs> uh, it was at that moment that I realized, like, man, this is such a good movie for like Halloween time. It absolutely has oh, yeah. has that fall vibe. Um, you know, oh, cur- yeah. curl up with a blanket in October while it's the leaves are falling, and uh, yeah, great Halloween like October fall movie. Um, so, so I need to bring you a pumpkin spice latte. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Please do not. I actually hate pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. So you can come over. <laughs> okay, I'm just <laughs> What'd you say, Mr. J? I said, but I love seeing him. So, I mean, he can come over and bring whatever he wants. As long as <laughs> this is true. Yeah. If you want to bring it and you want to hang out, that's cool. I'll, I'll take that. But um, so what I'm hearing is that all four of us are going to drink pumpkin spice lattes so that we'll have an excuse to all hang out together. Only if Diamond buys them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spending my own money on that. Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, now that now that that's set in stone, I yeah, think so, I so think we get our how do we get our pumpkin head? Yeah. So we've got a she. So. Haggis sends Ed Halley to uh, dig up uh, the old corpse of Pumpkinhead, which is buried in that risen up dirt that Mr. J was talking about. We got to bring the corpse back to Haggis and she's got to take blood from Ed Halley and Billy and, um, you know, basically combine that with this corpse of uh, Pumpkinhead and... uh, I think we've I think we've put it off long enough, my friends. We get our reveal of Pumpkinhead in all his glory. You know, he becomes yeah. the, he's this little corpse, and then he grows to full size. And uh, it is there are not enough good things to say about this creature. Yeah, I think he's one of like the most like perfectly fully realized like animatronic puppet effect things ever made in a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, you know, besides the emotional core to the movie and like how good the story is and all that stuff, like he he's like the main highlight for me. It's just how damn good he looks. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, so we have we have to also mention the fact that uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it or whatever, um, but when she takes the blood from him and his son and puts it onto her in pumpkin head, that brings him to life. But she also says that it um, it bonds them. Mm-hmm. So it means they're they're kind of bonded in the blood. So that that kind of plays in, you know, a little bit later on. For sure. Um, yeah. But yes, as far as the creature goes, since we're we're going to talk about things, pumpkin heads. Um. Anybody else? And I'm sure everybody will agree. Getting a serious xenomorph vibe off of this thing. Oh, for <laughs> totally. sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> its head looks very similar. It's got like almost the exact same look to the tail. Um. I think it was on horror movie night that I heard them make this comment and I can't get it out of my head whenever I watch this because this was post alien and aliens. They were like, they're like, we are convinced that uh, Stan Winston just had old unused molds of the alien that kind of looked close to the original design that he just used for pumpkin head. Might've been, might've been. Um, 
but it, at least you can definitely tell the influence. And I don't, I don't know if anyone, I, well, Bucky, I know you haven't seen uh, resurrection, um, but there's in alien resurrection, there's this like human alien hybrid that mm-hmm. gets born. And I mean, it's like, it's like the same color, same design. Like it doesn't have the same face, but like, it looks almost identical to Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Resurrection, of course, is, is far <laughs> after Pumpkinhead, um, but and uh, you know, it's it, Pumpkinhead's ten years after the original Alien and the original Xenomorph. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, you can definitely see highly, highly influenced. Oh, for sure. And uh, I can tell in most shots, I think there's someone in a suit in, in, in most of the shots, right? I believe so. I was I was wondering yeah. about that myself, that because this thing moves very, very fluidly. Yeah. Um, Mr. J, what it like you usually kind of tend to know, like the behind the scenes and, you know, are very analytical with with this stuff. What was your take on that? Did you feel like this was a suit? So, yeah, I um, definitely at times I, I I would not be surprised if they did all of the above, if they did some animatronic, yeah. if they did some puppetry, if they did a suit. I think they did it as good. And I know that might ruffle some feathers, but I think they did it as good as as aliens. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. I feel like I didn't have to just like suspend a lot of disbelief. I feel like <laughs> it just felt. I don't, again, I I know it's not real, but it felt like this thing was really walking. It wasn't like kind of clumsily being navigated, but it's like eighty-five to ninety percent there, and it's it's good. It was like, nope, this thing. I remember watching the first time, going, "How are they doing that?" Yeah, it's the way that you're totally convinced by like E.T. and like Chucky and yeah. Yeah. You're like, I mean, even like Aliens is a great example where you're you're just like, how are how are they like this thing looks? And again, it's so funny to use words like it looks real as if we have some sort of bearing on what this (laughs) looks like. But it just it doesn't look like this clumsily navigated or, you know, it's always in a corner where they can kind of hide certain things or i mean you're like this thing's out in the open and it's walking i don't know how they're doing it like it 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 doesn't look like it's stumbling or fragile or yep anything and i you know i I have nothing but good things to say about the pumpkin head design i wouldn't be surprised if there were some things that they were um that they drew out for aliens and they just didn't use it and honestly i think that's fair game i think that's oh for sure yeah you're writing a book and there are things that just don't fit. It's not like now you can't use that ever. Well, it's the same thing but too no, with uh, it's the same thing too with uh, with music, Mister J. You know, like if you have lyrics or like a chord progression that you don't use for something, and then you revisit them later, like it's fair to use it for another song. You know, yeah, it's not derivative or like oh my gosh, what a what a faux pas. It's, I think it's different enough. Um, Definitely well, I think from the same universe kind of feels like a, you know, the, the word influence isn't even strong enough for it, you know, mm-hmm. but it still stands on its own so well that for me, for some reason, it doesn't feel like a ripoff or like an insincere, like, come on, what were you, come on. It wasn't like, I didn't have that moment. Mm-hmm. 
It was yeah. great. Well, knowing Winston and building off of what what you said, Mr. J, like um, for for Alien um, and Alien, they did a lot of different things. There 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 was a guy in a suit. Um, you know, for cloaks ups, they had you know really elaborate like mechanized masks. Uh, you know, they had puppets too for certain scenes. So I think um, just depending on what that shot was you know how to make that shot work is what they use so i'm i'm in the same boat with you saying that i'm sure it was a combination of you know four or five different things puppet guy in a suit you know close-ups with mechanical mask like you know all of that stuff and boy is it (laughs) yeah boy is it glorious because when this thing is uh Unleashed on these uh, these teens that killed Ed Holly's kid. I mean, this movie just just amps up. And I noticed that uh, you know, like we in the eighties, we had killers with like their trademark type of kill, right? You know, we had Jason with the machete, we had Freddy with his glove, Michael with a with a knife, and all these other iconic ways of killing people. If Pumpkinhead was more well known, I think we would absolutely uh, tie him to picking people up from a tree or some great height wow. and then dropping them. <laughs> that was wild. Because he does wild. that a few times in here when he's killing these kids. Like it's such just, an asshole thing to do, too. I know, right? It's just like I'm hiding <laughs> up in a tree, I'm hiding on the roof of the cabin, and I'm just gonna pick them up and drop them on the ground. Yeah. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna slash them across the face or something. Like Jason's kind enough to to cut your head off, you know. Yeah, basically. He has the courtesy to do that. He's very chivalrous. And I'll let our I'll let our I'll let our audience decide if that's um, Jason Voorhees that Zach is talking about or uh, Jason Diamond on the podcast. Well, you know, I have my night job, so. <laughs> Jason, would you be courteous enough to just decapitate someone, or are you going to drag it out Art the Clown style? Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, (laughs) Don't have acid. um, Yeah, I mean, you got to do it right, man. I mean, especially if you're you're a psycho killer creature or whatever, um, let's not make it quick, man. Let's let's try this crap out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But... The the only thing I will say, like you're right, uh, Bucky, about the kills. Like it, it's definitely he's he's picking them up, crushing them, breaking them, throwing them across trees, you know, and and that's kind of his mo. Um, now, just me being the gore fan that I am, I kind of wish because he's got these huge, massive claws. Uh, I'm like, okay, like I would like a little more evisceration. Like let's let's. Let's rip some people open, man. Oh, you you read my mind, uh, Jason. I that was my if I have one major like kind of gripe with the movie, that's exactly what it is, is I do kind of think that once the pumpkin head killing begins, the kills are a little bit lackluster. You know, it's uh, pick them up, drop them from a great height and they will land. But we cut away when they hit or. I'll slash them across the face and just kind of drag them around. Um, so I'll make a, I'll make an, 
I'll make an unlikely comparison. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, man. Um, While you do that, unlikely, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my dog out of the room so he'll stop uh, jumping on the podcast. Okay. Um. So my comparison is like uh, seeing um, seeing Wolverine in the early X Men movies, and it's like the whole time, like, yeah, he uses his claws, but the whole time you're just like, I just want to see him cut somebody's arm off, or like, <laughs> you know, like. Especially if you're a fan of like the Wolverine comics, I mean, um, they kept it tame enough to kind of still keep it kid worthy, but they definitely alluded to him, you know, tearing some people up. So finally, when we got uh, the Logan movie, seeing him, you know, cutting limbs off and decapitating people and stuff, I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That movie is closer to some of those comics than any like Marvel movies I've seen in recent years. Mm-hmm. Some of those comics yeah, are just was, brutal. Was... Like, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see sure. uh, Pumpkinhead go berserker mode as well. Um. Yeah, so that's, that's that's maybe a, a small complaint that I had. But, I mean, they're, they're also not very, um, even though it's not bloody and nobody's guts are coming out, um, it, you know, it, the, the sound of, like, the limbs breaking and kind of the body distortion that you do see mm-hmm. of their limbs breaking or their back breaking or their neck breaking or whatever, it's, it's still very effective. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, Mr. Like Mr. J, what's uh sorry Jason, go ahead. Nothing. I was just going to finish and say it's still very effective, but yeah, that's just kind of the one thing that I was like, man, he's got these huge claws, let's tear some shit up. Yeah, same. Or use the tail. And uh Mr. J, what's um what's your what's your kind of take on that? I don't think you you've talked about this too much on the on the episodes you've been on. Are you one when it comes to your horror movies and it's this, you know, kind of you know, 80s monster slasher movie do you go for more of the the in-depth kills or are you okay with like kind of the simplicity when it comes to the deaths i can go either way i'm not i'm i'm pretty easy to please as long as i guess there's cohesion to it um but even then i mean i'm, I'm still fairly easy to please i have never thought about what jason said until tonight um i do think it's interesting that we have like special effects wizard stan winston and we're kind of cutting away from things i just i don't think i'd ever really thought of that before and that is interesting that um hmm, yeah that's a that's an interesting thing to kind of chew on mm-hmm. uh, you would think he would if anything maybe lean into it a little bit of course yeah. i don't know what the production studio was pressuring him towards, you know, he'd already killed a kid in the movie. So mm-hmm. I know that was tough. This is still a year before pet cemetery came out and we yep. still never really saw gauge die technically. Um, in yeah. Cemetery. and so that, I mean, that was still very taboo. It's still a bit taboo now, but yeah, not quite as much as it was in the eighties. So is. I wonder if the softer landing, that we had with Ed Harley's kiddo um, was kind of partly to do with the culture and the time in which it came out. Yeah. The eighties was definitely um, the, uh, the, the reign of terror in some ways for, by the MPAA, you know, we've, we've got a lot of horror movies that were <clears throat> hit hard by that. The, the one that I most recently heard uh, was a movie that you mentioned earlier, Mr. J um, I just found out about the history of the original My Bloody Valentine, 
and how that one got hit hard by the MPAA and almost took away almost the entirety of the gore with the kills. Um, so it it is possible that uh, that that was was the case here. Um, Zach, how did you feel about the about the way the kills were executed here when Pumpkinhead is unleashed? It's funny. I hadn't really thought about that either until Jason had brought it up. I'm looking at the effects that he that Stan Winston had worked on before Pumpkinhead. He did Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. He worked on that. He worked on the Thing, John Carpenter's movie, The Terminator, Aliens, and Predator. And like all those have like just brutal effects in them, like mm-hmm. brutal kills and just blood effects. And it is funny that he didn't carry that over into this movie but it's but also this was 1988 i I think by that time the mpaa was getting a little they were cracking down on these movies because i think at this point the friday the 13th movies were getting pretty lame by 88 Mm because we had jason goes to manhattan and the effects were really (laughs) watered down for that one like i don't think there was even like blood in a lot of the scenes like 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 he would like just stab people and you didn't see anything Mm mm-hmm <clears throat> no, it's um, de- definitely one of the more tame entries in that franchise. Yeah. So it's weird. It, it's weird when you look at this like line of things that people do, you can kind of see the trajectory of where Hollywood goes, you know, over time. Mhm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. we got so we get we get some kills here, you know, Pumpkinhead kind of tears through these these kids relatively quickly. Um there was one death scene, well, what what I expected to be a death scene, but somehow this guy lived um and it's when uh pumpkin head is uh trying to like lure him into going for his bike so that they can get away and it's just put it's just put at the end of this little like walkway between two trees i'm like you know pumpkin head's gonna be waiting there somewhere and he <laughs> and he goes to get on his bike and pumpkin head just picks him up with the biker with the him and his bike and he chucks it like you know, 50 feet in the air and the guy comes back down and, Oh, he's just okay. All right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so that was one part that I'm like, okay, I don't think you'd probably live past a bike hitting you in that way, but it's all good. But then, you know, certainly didn't. Yeah. So, and then at that same time, as we're sort of wrapping it up here, you know, Ed Harley, uh, is feeling remorseful for what he's done. He's realizing that, um, vengeance isn't the way because the as as jason said earlier him and Pumpkinhead are kind of becoming one or it's like Pumpkinhead is becoming more like lance hendrickson and lance hendrickson is becoming more Pumpkinhead like and they have this like weird shared mental connection and yeah, uh tethered yeah and oh, so uh you know he's Ed Harley's like, you know, going to Haggis being like, I don't want this anymore. This isn't right. We need to stop this. And Haggis tells him, if you get in the way, Pumpkinhead will kill you too. And like, you got to let it, you know, this is what you asked for. Um, So, you know, the final showdown, we've got one person left. Um, We do have one of the, one of the little like backwoods kids trying to help our, uh, I guess she's our survivor girl. Um, it's kind of, Zach, you brought up a good point where it, it's kind of hard to have that trope with the survivor girl when it's flipped and Ed Harley yeah. is our hero. Yeah. Um, but she's our last one alive. Um, we did get, uh, an awesome death scene where, uh, towards the end, the guy that we hated that, that actually killed Billy, uh, gets impaled with, uh, 
with the gun by Pumpkinhead. That was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have basically our final showdown. Ed Harley's going to try to stop the demon and try to save them. And, uh, yeah, you know, we start to see him kind of lose his humanity. Um, how'd you guys feel about that whole aspect of the, of the story of him becoming more Pumpkinhead like as the kills went on? I think it's interesting, and I always forget when that comes. Every time I watch it, I forget that that's coming. And it makes me really curious about the ending because, I mean, is it okay to talk about the ending now? Oh, of course, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the way that Haggis puts him in, like, puts his body into, you know, back into that mound in in the woods. um, Yeah, and Harley's body goes in there, yeah. Yeah, they never really establish what the previous pumpkin head was when he digs it up. And I always wonder, like, what exactly was that? Was that also a human that had tried to get revenge and was unsuccessful because of the same lesson that Ed learns? Because they never really explain, like, what exactly is that demon that that is being dug up? And I I have to assume it it must have been another human that tried to do this. Yeah. Right, I think it... I took it as them like kind of bringing it like, like full circle. Um, yeah. Real quick, we can't we can't forget Ed's awesome flamethrower. I mean, what <laughs> other movies? Oh, if I if <laughs> I, I wasn't getting aliens vibes before then, I definitely got it when he picked up the flamethrower. Yeah. What what <laughs> other movies have we possibly seen flamethrowers in? <laughs> Where have we seen that thing? It, it, it couldn't be. It couldn't be the thing. Or alien, or nobody ever uses a. It is that th- it is that thing that they all do. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Um, no, but yeah. So what? What I took it as is is, is it's being brought full circle. So like the pumpkin head itself, or or the demon itself, is in fact a demon, but it, it basically kind of needs like a host. Mm-hmm. to inhabit or some kind of form to inhabit so whether whether the last incarnation or the last person uh was either killed by Pumpkinhead or kind of did the same thing that ed did in killing himself uh because he realizes this link and whenever ed gets hurt Pumpkinhead gets hurt so he figures out that he's he's got to basically kill himself in order to get rid of pumpkin head. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whether it was just bringing it full circle, whether, it, however it turned out for the previous person that had uh, risen pumpkin head or placed the curse or however you want to call it, mm-hmm. it, has to have, it has to have some kind of like physical embodiment or, or some physical host to go into. So he's just the next, yeah. next one in line. Yeah. yeah. And uh Mr. J, I'd like to hear uh from you your your thoughts on the on the ending as well where Ed sacrifices himself to get rid of Pumpkinhead and the cycle kind of continues. But before we do that and sort of bring it home, there was one part that I know was supposed to be a dramatic moment of sorts, but it actually kind of made me chuckle. Uh this is where the 80s camp kind of comes in and it's when Ed Holly like kind of finds out that he and Pumpkinhead are intertwined in that way. So whenever he gets hurt, Pumpkinhead gets hurt. And it's when he's got his flamethrower or his gun and he's like trying to come out of the shack to go fight Pumpkinhead and his strap from his flamethrower gets stuck on the door. 
<laughs> and he trips and he's just got a pitchfork right outside the door and he stab like he falls so far forward that he stabs himself in the shoulder. Not fun. Like I don't know, recommend it. No, not at all. But like we um Mr. J, we just did an episode on clown last week for our clown crossover with our buddies and reviewed to death. And oh, that's a, that's akin to uh the guy trying to in it's such a convoluted way trying to decapitate himself to stop himself from becoming a clown in that he's going to sit on a chair, put two rotating buzz saws like close together and then push himself backwards. Oh to, yeah. That's not, I, I mean, that's a lot of effort, <laughs> you know, like it's just <laughs> such questionable a payoff. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre setup. And I just, the fact that he caught the strap on the door tripped and then stabbed himself in the shoulder with a stationary pitchfork. I know that was supposed to be a big reveal, but it actually kind of was like, really? Because <laughs> like, it didn't just poke him. It like went into his shoulder and he had to yank it out. <laughs> like, so like, couldn't he I, find this out other than being a dumbass? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't see myself in that movie in any other place, that's where I see myself. I'm like, I'd be the cat. They would trip up and then get like, I'd make it through the whole thing. And I'd trip up and get poked by something. <laughs> so you're going down... Towards the end, not right. You're not going to make it all the way to the end, but you're going to go down in the last few minutes. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I loved this movie. Um, I feel like it brought up so many great themes um, for me. You know, of course, the obvious old saying of, you know, those who seek vengeance should dig two graves. the you know a great great um jr tolkien quote many that deserve death or many that live deserve death some that die deserve life can you give it to them and you see that much like our own humanity it's like yeah i'm I'm definitely you know grace for me justice for other people and you see that he's a little bit willing to make that call of, I want these kids to get justice. And then when he's on the front lines of it, seeing it, it's like, Oh, Oh oh my gosh. Like I, this is not what I thought. And, and so many times, um, unforgiveness, bitterness, that stuff, um, it it blinds us and then keeps us longer than we wanted to stay and takes us way further than we wanted to go. And I thought that this was a beautiful picture of that. I, you know, whether it was intentional or not, whether I'm reading into it, whatever, that's what stood out to me so much is, is this, you know, we could get into like this idea of s- s- substitutionary atonement, even <laughs> if we want to go that far. But, <laughs> but yeah, the idea of now I'm going to have to sacrifice myself for my enemies, and in a genuine way. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he was genuinely. I mean, to call it to say upset at the beginning is is such an understatement, but. In the end, he was genuinely trying to um, sacrifice for his enemies. And so that was such an interesting thing to me. And I love how horror often does that, how it, it 
it often is way deeper and oh, yeah. richer than these one dimensional things, these two dimensional, what you know. Um, and I again, this one is such a great example of revenge, grace, vengeance, judgment, um, sacrificial love. I mean, it's, I think, it's all there. I think judgment is, is a really good way to say it too, because like it's kind of like you know, anytime you see, um, you know, any kind of like murder trial or, or someone that that's had a loved one that was killed by somebody else, you know, it's like, you know, I wish he would be taken out and hung. But then when you see that person at the end of the rope, how do you feel? You yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, they should take him out and hang him or they should do this and that. And then, you know, when it's in your face, it, oh, that yeah. changes your mind that changes your mind <laughs> so yeah i was gonna I, say I, there's I, the, there's never a successful revenge you're, you're not gonna feel any better once you yeah and even in this one, how many people tried to talk him out of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah even yeah. even haggis was like like this isn't like it's in the way you want to go yeah this yeah, isn't what go. you want yeah and uh you know again like as we as we bring it on home, like we'll we'll give our quick uh, wrap up thoughts on Pumpkinhead. But this again, this movie has way more emotional depth to it than probably really any of the other movies from this era of horror. Um, it just it's got a great creature. There's characters that you're actually invested in, um, not just even even the guy that we dislike for killing billy you know like we're still even though we disagree with him we're still invested in that way that we're like oh dude you're such a terrible person um and it's just again it's fun it's got emotional depth to it great creature and um just a great movie so uh i want to throw it to my my three co-hosts tonight real quick as we wrap it up um final thoughts on uh pumpkin head uh zach what you got yeah, man, this is like one of the best like '80s epic core movies to me, and um, you know it's not one that I watch regularly, but every time I watch it, I'm just blown away by by the effects and like how good it is, and just the emotional core to it, and the relationship between the father and son, and yeah, love it. Awesome, Jason. Um, a really good movie. Um, again, I'm glad I watched it again as as an adult rather than just kind of passing it off as a cheesy 80s horror is what I saw it as you know when I was younger because there there is a lot more depth to it and again like we've talked about through the episode I mean uh, you know the creature effects the lighting the storytelling everything has a lot more to it than you know kind of what a lot of people would kind of see on the surface or just looking like if you saw a trailer for Pumpkinhead you'd be like oh it's a 80s creature movie um but there there is a lot more to it and um you know in 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 that end you know as we were talking about it and and lance hendrickson or ed just kind of changing his mind about what he did and sacrificing himself um it it's funny because it it makes it a lot more emotional versus uh this comparison i'm gonna make is weird um but like for example, like John Wick, which is not a horror movie, but they kill his puppy. 
to like a home movie <laughs> when he's killing everybody mercilessly. You're like, yeah, they killed his puppy. Um, but that's not like that's not what this is. Like, you know, yeah, you feel terrible that you know they killed his son, and you know as you're going through it, you're like, you're kind of like, yeah, like get him. And then you know towards the end, you're like, oh wait, no, no, that's not really the best way to go. <laughs> but um, but anyways, um, no, great movie. Uh, I like it. Um, and it's, it's one that, cause I know AMC and sci-fi, especially during Halloween, everybody, um, loves to play it. And definitely yeah. it's one of those, one of those that anytime it comes on horror fest or whatever, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. Absolutely. Mr. J bring us on home. Final thoughts on Pumpkinhead. Brother. I, I just, I highly encourage people to check it out if you haven't yet. Um, man, there's probably not much more new i could say other than diving deeper into all the directions we've we've already stated but i think i think it's an incredible movie i'd love to hear what people have to say about it in any comment section where this is posted and uh yeah thanks for having me absolutely buddy we uh i'm happy that all four of us could come together tonight to talk about this uh awesome movie pick um i want to thank uh of course my my co-host jason for joining me every Every week, every episode, it's always a blast doing this podcast with him. Um, I want to thank Mr. J for again returning to the show, brother. It's always a pleasure to have you. We uh, we got some movie picks set aside specifically for you, man. So hit us up. We're waiting on you to to come talk to us again. We miss you. Hey, yeah, I miss you guys. Awesome. And then, uh, of course, we want to thank Zach, our new friend and uh, honored guest this evening, writer ZC Kroll. Uh, who has a book out, Disseverment. Zach, you want to talk about that real quick before we uh, before we bring the episode home? Yeah, I wrote a nasty little uh, short novel um, that I, I think you guys would like if you're into to horror. Um, it's on Amazon. Uh, getting a lot of good reviews for it, and I'm really proud of it. And uh, yeah, check it out. Awesome. Disseverment. Love it. And uh, where can people find you on social media? I know your book's on Amazon. Uh, what's Where's the best place to get in touch with you? Yep, you can find me on Amazon, uh, or not Amazon, I'm sorry, Instagram, um, Facebook, and Goodreads. Awesome. Yep, I'm on there. Yep. Well, cool, man. I uh, I look forward to reading Disseverment because I'm going to. Um, I'll be uh, actually ordering a, a physical copy so I can read it. And we would love to have you back on to do a, a deep dive interview with you about your writing, You know, talk more about uh, where you came from with that, and uh, do a deep dive on the on the book itself, so... We, uh, oh, sweet, man. Yeah, I uh, love that. Awesome. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, and again, thank you to uh, all my co-hosts tonight for joining me on Midnight Terrors. Uh, get in touch with us, Midnight Terrors Podcast at uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about on the show going forward. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Again, thank you to my co-hosts for joining me tonight. And uh, tune in again next Sunday. Um, I think we have another guest coming uh, to join me and Jason for some more horror talk. So uh, that's it, everybody. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast. Jason, how do we say it around here? It's the Midnight Terrors podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all again next week. Peace. Peace.